There is one other nomination that I can't believe you're forgetting. The kickoff. What? No, no, no. I have the kick. <laughs> I have the kickoff. This is how fucking sad this game was. I have the kickoff for the Tim Sherwood. We play two number tens and bump. <laughs> this is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. There was a moment in the second half down the left wing of St James's Park. Villa were finally allowed out of their own half by Newcastle, but they wouldn't stay there for long because you see this ball, this ball was played to Felipe Coutinho. And he does that, he does that really annoying thing he does, you know, where he casually just runs over the ball and lets it lets it come to the other side of him. You know, like with that same sort of pace. That you would, you wouldn't even do it in a warm up. It's the same sort of intensity that when you're meandering out to the fucking warm up, and like as Villa's social media channels show us, like <laughs> these boys continue to drag their fat arses out to these training sessions. Anyway, that's that's for another day. But I'm still have my eye on that. Things we need to bin. Continue anyway. Eventually gets to the other side of this ball, and you know now he has to turn as it is because. <laughs> because he has to turn to face the pitch so either way he has to turn back out but by the time he does get the turn there are two Newcastle players completely dwarfing him they're just looming over him and Coutinho as we know now from the last two games he's he's forgotten how to link up his brain with the rest of his body so you know even if he is thinking about something and I have little evidence to believe that he is trying to think of something but the signals from his brain to the rest of his body particularly his feet just aren't working anymore. So once again, Coutinho, our little Brazilian magician, the boy who was in the Brazilian team, team that's going to win the World Cup, he was in the Brazilian team a couple of months ago. He does nothing. He just stands there until Trippier pushes him over. And <laughs> Trippier just gives him a little nudge in the chest. Coutinho collapses, collapses to the ground and Trippier jogs away with the ball back in the villa's half. I've got no segue, no real point of the story. <laughs> But it's just like, this was the best way I can recount this game. It was miserable. I think this was the worst game. And we've had a lot of bad games over the last whatever amount of years. But this one was particularly bad because there was a sense of purgatory anyway. We had a good day. You know, the, the vibes were good. We've appointed a new manager. But then it was just like, okay, this guy, Arn Danks is here. You know, I take it we're all Danks out now at this stage. But he's, he's there. And we know it doesn't matter he's not going to be here in the next game we can't we can't criticize him we can't complain about anything long term we just had to go to newcastle and as it turned out take our fucking beating and that was a hard beating to watch yeah like if nothing else we found out that how is a lot further along his project than thanks is (laughs) but honestly the difference between saudi arabia and villa yesterday and i don't really want to keep going on about this but it should really put to bed any question about whether or not Stephen gerrard was given enough time i mean the progression of these two teams since november 2021 is just day and night and you can forget about the money i mean gerrard has had plenty of money and he had a better squad to begin with as well but the 4-0 win last week and the 4-0 defeat yesterday are all about gerrard the, the relief of his dismissal followed by having laid bare just how bad a football inside we have been under him for a year now. And the mountain of work that Emery has in front of him couldn't have been more fully on display. But like, let's not get away from the fact that there's some amount of cunts in this Aston Villa squad as well. Like, some lads who just 
who looks like they're just waiting for the new manager. You called it, they're just waiting for the new manager to show up and we're just going through the motions. And if you do that against a country that's gone in for the Champions League, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll hammer you into the ground. Like, it really is baffling the footballers at this level can be so lacking in self-respect and professional pride that they're they're willing to go out in public and have their fucking arses handed to them on a plate and lick that fucking plate clean and ask for seconds. You know, I I know I know you have a second cheek back there. Don't be holding out to me. Like they'd rather ravenously eat their own arses in public than run with a bit of intensity and commitment. It was a fucking pathetic performance. Yeah, a, a pathetic performance that I think was kicked off or the catalyst for the patheticness was once again a goal going a goal down. It was a microcosm of the last year under Gerard. Um, I thought it was a maybe a decent performance up until then or for the first half an hour anyway it was like okay we're we're frustrating Newcastle we're, we're comfortable enough goal goes in and that's it game over and like that was like that second half it could have been 6-7-0 the first goal how many times are Villa going to give away that same penalty for the same handball <laughs> I am sick to fucking death watching this I'm just surprised it wasn't Matt Cash this time it was actually young it's harsh like, I know it is harsh but you know, and, and people will make the argument, like, where's his hand? His hand? Does his hand need to be in there? He's sliding to the ground. Why is he lifting his hand up? Just get down, keep your hand up. I don't know. It's it's just it's just annoying to concede a fucking goal from something like that at the age of the box. Yeah, well, particularly if you go back just a couple of seconds before it got there as well. I mean, the fucking state of the, and I use the term loosely, build-up play from Newcastle. I mean, Willock's falling over the ball for about 10 meters and we're just falling over ourselves to let him through like dougie dougie and cash were just missing the fucking coattails and top hat as they were ushering him through an open door to the edge of the fucking box here you go sir and young's hand is so high it's so far from his body that you you have to seriously wonder what's going on was he going for to do anything with enough confidence and you'll get away with it approach i mean it was absolutely blatant like did he know the shot was on target and know that we had a fucking sack of spuds planted on our goal line and he just thought fuck it they might scale a penalty but this is on target so it's definitely going in i better fucking stop it and then for the penalty the fucking cool commentator watching the replay tells us like a replay we're all watching by the way yeah. <laughs> he waits for the keeper to move he doesn't have a fucking clue where Olsen is He's hoping, he's hoping he's not where he was the last time he saw him. Like he, he, she's watching this in super slow motion as well. Watching Wilson look like he's dropped his fucking wedding ring. He waits for the keeper to move. He looks like he's more worried about the ball moving. His eyes are so fixed on it. I, like Honestly, you, you know I don't like a penalty in the middle, right? especially when somebody cut their head down the whole way. Especially when somebody hits it so feebly as Wilson did. But especially when... Was there anything? Was there anything more predictable? And, and, and I like nobody's here. Nobody was there to confirm it for me. A minute before this penalty was taken, I said to the person I was watching the game with, "This keeper is going to dive out of the way, trying to impress, and this useless forward is going to poke it down the middle." And <laughs> there, there was nothing that I, that I could have seen with more certainty in all my life, other than an Amaro Gazi penalty going into the fucking side <laughs> netting. But like, like th- this was. You could see it from so far down the tracks, and it was. I thought he's definitely diving. I hope he dives and lifts his leg in the middle. You know, try to cover for what's mm. happened. Down the middle. He just fucking got out of the way, and and then to make it all worse, the England managers up there like loving it. You know, the guy who's 
what is his fucking problem with Aston Villa? Why is he up there celebrating with Amanda Stavely? And I, I know he's put in this position because Stavely comes over and starts patting him on the leg. Are you watching that England manager? The strikers just hit a shit penalty. Get him fucking up. Like that's what you need. That's how you lost your last tournament. You know, there's here's an even worse here's an even worse penalty taker. So I know she's put him into a weird position, but he needs to he needs to cop on this guy who's usually so aware of, of what the optics would be. You're fucking up there laughing and celebrating with the Saudi Arabia uh, owners. Well, he needs to fucking stop going to Aston Villa games, seeing as he clearly hates the club so yeah. much. What the fuck is that about? He's never, he's never not there. It doesn't matter. Villa Park, St James's Park, he'll be there. Don't you fucking worry. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle then had an offside goal. It was in the same half just before half time. Like a pathetic run from Wilson. Don't know what he's doing. He doesn't need those yards. He, he, like the two defenders are asleep. He would have gotten in behind him anyway. Um, but he's about ten yards offside. Uh, Olsen looks like an old man, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Wilson just wandered around him. The second goal. <sighs> Like, speaking of giving away the same penalty over and over, <laughs> the, the same move was happening over and over. Bruno Gomez just gets the ball at you know about thirty yards out centrally, and he chips it. He like little, little little dinks, and these runners are springing off the sideline, bursting in behind. And this time, Bruno does it, chips it over. Almiron comes off the sideline. He heads, tries to head it across, gets the corner, and then the corner's a little one-two. Trippier gets it back. I mean, it's just to be undone by what we were raving about last week about <laughs> Douglas Louise. Uh, Trippier sits it up at the back post. By the time it gets into where it got in, um, we're never stopping it. But like, Jesus, the lack of intensity to stop it getting in. Yeah, like it, it is a brilliant set piece. If we lauded ourselves last week for it, yeah, Saudi Arabia did have a bit of credit as well. But brilliant, brilliant routines can be stopped if you haven't set up like a bunch of fucking set piece mannequins, but with worse reaction times. I, I was, I was watching it thinking, how have they been allowed to develop a two versus one? I'm like, it's not that slick a move. But yeah. the pass back to Trippier takes a beat or two, and he's he's had to bend his run to get back on side and everything. And then I saw the replay, and the answer was just immediate: Leon Bailey. So, so that's that explained. <laughs> and as this as this is all happening, like, well, sorry, can nothing happen? Is is that a is that a contradiction in terms? Can the absence of something be active? Does Leon Bailey's defending exist? You know what is nothingness? That's like that's probably too big of a question for the Villa podcast. We'll, we'll come back <laughs> then on a we'll come back then on a Thursday episode or something. Plenty to talk about here. But as Trippy is crossing the ball, that. That definitely did happen. <laughs> Callum Wilson just steps behind Konza and then Tyrone Mings steps into his own little world. And all of a sudden, the most dangerous player on the pitch is in five yards of space in our six-yard box. I mean, to be, to be fair to Mings, this, this looks like it's the first time in his career he's remembered that offside is one of the sports rules. And he is absolutely determined to get out level with the ball. And to be fair to anyone who thinks Tyrone Mings is a plonker as well, he probably shouldn't forget about Dan Byrne and Callum Wilson's existence just because he's trying to move forward, yard. Yeah, yeah. To, to be fair to Tyrone Mings, this is one of those games where the away fans, or the home fans, were on top of him. And yeah, you said he stepped on his own little word. This was one of those games where Mings forgot about what's happening on the pitch and just started having a duel with the crowd and his way of thinking he could prove them wrong was by smiling and putting the thumbs up and chewing his gum. And it's like, no, that's the bad Tyrone Mings. You get back to just, you know, clearing the ball. Like, that's the good Tyrone Mings. That's how you shut the crowd up. You don't shut them up by giving your thumbs up and looking cool. Like, you look cool when you defend well. How many times do we have to go for this? The third goal, 
Um, Jesus, another calamity of errors. Like Matt Cash cuts the ball out and brings it straight into whoever's following up from Newcastle point of view. Like that, I think that really summed up the game as well. Like Cash, he, he actually does all right to intercept the ball and turns around, and there's just so many more Newcastle players and our Villa players driving up the pitch. They're well set up. They're well coached. And then a really bad shot comes in. Olsen can't hold this fucking piss. And it comes out to it comes out to Jolinton who just follows it up and annoying to see Jolinton, the midfielder, like the midfield breaker upper, just comes in and finishes it off. Yeah, like I, I want you to imagine a team of Harry Maguire's. I mean, this is the goal that they concede three or four <laughs> times a game. That's that's my cash. He looked like Harry Maguire the way he hacked that ball out when he actually his positioning was good, but then he can't just keep control of the ball. It wasn't just cash. It starts off with Buendia. Like a more a more apt final contribution to the game for a player that was having his sort of performance, I can't imagine. It was the most pathetic, slow, cumbersome attempt to dribble past one. Someone that I've that I've seen since Harry Maguire tried to carry the ball out from the back against Chelsea and just smashed into Matic during his fucking twenty yard turning circle where he just kicked the ball to the to the Chelsea left back. <laughs> and, and speaking of turning like a fucking steam liner, what in the name of God is Matt Cash playing at? Like a yeah. ball inside and he looked like his head was going to either fall off, it was swiveling so much, or trying to figure out where the ball disappeared to, or it looked like his head was going to fucking explode from the confusion. And he slides into the ball instead of just turning around and taking it back out with him. And then fucking Harry Konza joins in, decides to jump over the ball at the edge of his own box, reminiscent of Maguire's dummy in his six-yard box against City. I mean, this wasn't... This wasn't even a slick counter-attack from Saudi Arabia. Even the original pass to, to Willock was was slightly behind him. The pass inside Cash was under hit. I mean, they had to get Cash to play the final through ball with a bit of cheeky magic from Konza to get the ball to Jolington. And then his his finish is fucking shite too. But then Olsen with hands like a fucking fridge door pops the ball back out to him. <laughs> a team of Harry Maguire's that is the end of days. <laughs> The fourth goal, and thank God it stayed at four, like I like, uh, already alluded to at the top of the show, but uh, maybe the, the best thing I can say about this goal from a Villa point of view is the club captain, Ashley Young, trying to make Matt Cash look good for what he's been through. <laughs> you know, like, this is what it could have been like if Matt Cash didn't intercept that ball and give it back to a Newcastle player. Like, <laughs> Ashley Young thinks about trying to cut it out the same way Matt Cash did. It's on the other side this time. He's still at left back at this stage. But then he remembers he can't move anymore. It's like, oh no, no, just just be the young that you have been for the last six games. Just like forget about everything else. Just maybe we were asking a bit too much from young at this stage. But by fuck, we were asking a lot of him. And uh, but this was bad. He got stuck in quicksand or whatever. Like his decision making was all off as well. I mean, Almiron, it's you would say it's a good touch, but again. It, like, didn't need to be. Ashley Young has planted himself to the ground and nothing's happening. The ball's just been played out to the right winger and it's one touch from Almiron inside. It's it's a good touch in that he can now run into the ball to shoot. I mean, how basic is that? (laughs) uh, Definitely a good finish, but um, yeah, 4-0 Saudi Arabia, that was the fourth. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't another five-minute stoppage before the game could restart after this goal because... It looks like they fucking would need the groundsman on to uproot Young, who's planting himself so badly. It's 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 hard to fucking believe. And the touch from Almiron, you said it was good. It was fucking. It was bad. It was heavy. I mean, it was. It's what I would expect Robin Olsen to produce at the edge of the box. And 
and, and at this stage as well, fucking Tyrone Mings has already forgotten about the offside rule, and he follows the midfielder's <laughs> run from deep instead of closing the space quicker. Look, look, that might be a bit harsh because he has a fucking tree at left back, but I would have preferred him to to squeeze armor on space. It was a good finish, but yeah, fucking hell, Young and Mings are all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come back to Young. We'll definitely come back to Olsen. But first, we'll go to WhatsApp winches. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. How many WhatsApp winches have I started with the same two syllables? Matt. <laughs> Matt Cash. Matt Cash being fined a week's wages this week. Um, this time he can keep the ball in play. Uh, not from across, just uh, he finds touch down the right-hand side. This, this was a special issue, but I mean, if anything was more worthy of a fine, I'd like to know. The ball is on the sideline. Matt Cash is right back with the ball on the sideline. And he's trying to whip it up the same line with his right foot, <laughs> with his instep. What did he think was going to happen? It bent out of play. Like, that's exactly what happened. It might have come back in the play. I don't know. Like, does he know that, that, that if it goes out and comes back in, it's still gone out? No! That's why every fucking cross he puts on goes bending out around the fucking back. That's why he gets fined every week, Colin. <laughs> I don't know if he knows what those white lines are for. <laughs> Uh, Buendia on the left as well also finds touch uh, I don't know like Watkins this was annoying because Watkins was waiting for it he was away and then he had to pull back and like, he gave it to me or not and then Buendia just rolls it out of his left foot like, <laughs> geez, I don't know do we talk about Buendia now he was very disappointing you did say after the Brentford match that you wanted to see more from him like uh, the baseline was good at Brentford I think I was suggesting he should go up on the on the Vima meter because he worked hard he set the tone he, he pushed from the front but it, it didn't have that effect anyway defensively for us and then this is against Saudi Arabia and he it, it didn't he it didn't do anything on the ball like he was really bad on the ball I would have taken him off after about 20 minutes handed him a fucking 2-2 and said get the fuck out of my sight like, <laughs> piss off like f- fuck off to the hippodrome if that's how you want to play spinning around like a fucking piece of Tchaikovsky is being played over the PA system seriously <laughs> you, you, you can always tell when these lads aren't on it and giving them a bit of time to find their feet is a fucking waste of time. It's like a bouncer sending a lad off to get a kebab and a coffee before I let him in. You, you want to put a kebab and a coffee into his stomach? <laughs> you want to play a football into his feet? Absolutely not. Take him off. You can tell immediately. Yeah. Um, the only other suggestion I had for a, a week's wage is fine. Hasn't aged well, to be honest. Um, it was Emmy Martinez for time wasting. <laughs> And I had down initially, you know, four minutes because that was the first time he was down. And 
and I actually said he seemed to he seemed to get a bang. He seemed to get a bang is before he saw the awful replay of Tyrone Mings <laughs> fucking kneeing him in the temple. Um, I said he seemed to get a bang, but Jesus, he absolutely loves that he got a bang, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was I was paranoid then because Buendia joined in the time wasting, and I was like, should this be? And I didn't want to be racist, but I was like, should this be an Argentinian fine? Like, is this, are they are they better at this? Are they are they more up? Are they more up for this? I'm thinking about Diego Simeone. I know I am veering into this territory, you know, but it was all there for me. Like, this is what I was thinking about as Villa were being fucking pulled apart. Oh, yeah, but imagine, the Newcastle fans were a disgrace as well. I mean, imagine imagine booing a man for taking thirteen stone of prime Somerset beef to the head, like a fucking champ. It has to be said as well. Yeah. I mean, that would have killed a lesser man. Like imagine, imagine booing a man who can take a knee to the head like that, and then on the other side cheering and whooping a man who can take a journalist out like that. But <laughs> look, when you when you have a fan base who would who would take their tops off when they're watching fucking Beetlejuice, like this is the kind of moronic response you might expect. <laughs> on the other hand, as we expected, maybe Newcastle fans are still so irrationally hurt that we signed Carlos and Kamara that they're now obviously rage watching every fucking Villa game because. They are acutely aware of Emmy's predilection for lying on top of the ball and rolling out of play and begging for assistance. And if there are any children listening to this, which they probably shouldn't be, <laughs> and you've always thought the, the boy who cried wolf was somewhat unrealistic or just couldn't relate to the idea that a child would be put on wolf watch, here, here's the rebooted, <laughs> the rebooted, more relatable deal. The goalkeeper who cried hamstring injury. And this is just, this is what you get, Emmy, for all your years of shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 in, in fairness to the Saudi Arabia fans at the start, I thought, like, we all thought Emmy was, was having it on. And I actually just thought this was, this was another progression. Like, he, remember he introduced the stretcher element and he was, he was signaling, this is another game gone by. Whenever I might have been ahead in the match or drawn in the match. I don't know when that last was outside of the Iron Dinks. But um, he started doing that rolling sub thing and get me off. So yeah. Stretcher came out and then he stood back up and played on. I thought this time, fuck me, he's going for the concussion one. That this is brave. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> but it's a whole new development. Like, you know, for, like, don't want to say fair play to him. But uh, it's when he was coming off. He was coming off and, you're, and they're still booing. Like, what are you doing? Like, he just, you know, have a little bit of introspection now and be like okay maybe he is injured maybe we'll just we'll just shut up and take our win and then go home <laughs> uh the first whatsapp wins would you rather robin olsen or a concussed emmy martinez <laughs> i know who i'd rather <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird because whenever he first came on he made he made a good save from Almiron not, just not that long afterwards. But, you know, Almiron had finished it like fucking Almiron. And <laughs> he, he, he probably hadn't figured out by that stage that all he had to do was put the ball two or three millimetres to the side of the keeper and just not worry about the power. And he's tried to drill it far too much and completely needlessly. But the one that you mentioned there at the top of the show, the offside goal, I mean, I, mean, I think the goal was, it was delicious from... Willock for the pass and it was fucking disgusting for Wilson to have drifted so far offside against two centre halves 40 yards from their own goal who mm. are so square they might as well have been wearing fucking braces and a jumper to granny knit it as well like they were no way prepared for a ball over the top it was pathetic but what has happened to Olsen there it's like he fucking fainted 
I, I, know, I know comparatively Callum Olsen is like a fucking superstar, but get it together, Robin. It's not like you were even that close to him either. And he treated you pretty badly as well. I mean, he's just ignored you. You were fucking irrelevant to him. Like, don't be swooning over a man who treats you like that. You can do better. That offside goal reminded me of... Uh, played, I played a match one time. It was a media. My pals in the media game it was organised at, <laughs> at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. It's, it's mad that you get those sort of perks that they play in a, a stadium like that. And it was the same. It, it was only a month maybe after Shane Long had scored against the World Champions Germany. And I scored into that net. <laughs> and you know, came into the office you know people had, obviously I probably fucking tweeted about it and stuff told everybody so I came into the office and people clapped that was a bit embarrassing you know, <laughs> <laughs> playing against like 40 and 50 year olds it was the prime of my life and uh, I, and, and then the goal surfaced I was like oh let's see the goal and I, I thought it was a lovely goal because I beat the offside trap reacted well took it around the keeper and put it in narrow angle and then everyone was like Look at the fucking state like keeper. What how, how old is he? <laughs> and honestly, I was I was sort of making the case like, well, it doesn't matter, like I fucking done him, but you look at it and he just falls like he he's not he's not in control of himself, he just falls over, he, he can't he can't move his feet, he can't even move his his, his upper body and I, I still I still contest. I don't think you ever would have would have saved it, no matter what keeper was there. But like, <laughs> case wasn't helpful. You could have had two old these pensioners in there, and I still would have gone. <laughs> and like that, and I'm not even joking. That that's what reminded me of Robin Olsen the way he went down there. I was like, how how has he let so much space? Like him and him and Wilson were so close to each other, and in the space of a quarter of a second, there's there's about 15 metres of space opened up between the two of them, and not only that, he's left a big open net. It's like, he's not even, it's like, not even that he was done trying to cover an angle or something like, he, he just, he just fell on the ground in the middle of the box and all of a sudden ran around him. He didn't even have to run around him, he just poked the ball to the left and there he had an open net. Yeah, and I don't even think that uh, Wilson had had made his move and Olsen was trying to stop it. It was like Olsen just collapsed, put his arm out and pointed towards the near post. And <laughs> That's a good idea, Robin. Cheers. <laughs> the next, next WhatsApp winch. What is wrong with Coutinho? Does, does he want to be here? I saw, um, we got a tweet from Rich on the Villa podcast. Anybody wants to tweet us, keep him coming. Except the people who are tweeting us all day today, asking where the fuck's the podcast. <laughs> I see them. I see them and they all hurt. Um, uh, Rich said, is Coutinho actively trying to force a move to Al Ali? Um, you know, he's, he said he's making James Rodriguez look like a, a measured signing. I, I, I actually thought this during the game, was like, is, is he trying to get a move? And I even thought, is he trying to get a move to Newcastle? And I was like, what? He needs to fucking do something if somebody wants to sign him. <laughs> Who's going to sign him on these wages the way he's playing? He's just like dropped off a cliff. Like, they had been bad anyway. Remember, remember the, the end of last season? I thought the criticism was a bit harsh because he was setting up chances and you know they weren't people weren't putting them away. And he still looked lively, but but he had been progressively getting worse since he came in. And then we bought him anyway. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then and then this season starts and he he just hasn't gotten going at all. And he he looked he looks smaller. He looks more unfit. Looks more feeble. And. And then Gerard's gone now, and like the last two games especially, he just couldn't look more uninterested. It's, it's really annoying to look at. Yeah, I find myself Googling the length of his contract about five minutes after he came on. I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, this is a nightmare scenario for the owners and personal, probably in particular. Based on his last two games, 
in particular, but the season so far, like you said, I mean, you could take the quid, the club for 50 million quid before doing another productive thing. But yeah, you're right. Like he, the tweet is right. He looks like he's ready for the Middle East or China or the MLS. He's definitely not ready to be playing at this level anyway. Like he didn't look like he didn't look like he was ready to be playing against adults, if we're being honest. Yeah. But look, <laughs> let's see how he responds to a footballer manager because it's been a while since he's had one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll let Unai Emery get his teeth into into the, all the players before we start, I suppose, uh, releasing them ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the next WhatsApp winch, Jason Tindall. <laughs> That's it. Like This boy, I mean, he's, he's rocking up now in a grey hoodie. Thinks I'm going to let him get away with that one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if he's noticed this. You know, Jason Tindall's just fucking annoying anyway. Jason Tindall stands purposely in front of Eddie Howe the whole game. It's like he's he's trying to block Eddie Howe's view from the match. Uh, he's obviously trying to get on the camera as well, but like wherever Eddie Howe walks, Tindall will walk parallel with him, only closer to the sideline. Always on the fucking pitch as well. Like, I, 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 oh my God, if I was a referee, I would be stopping that match and t- t- telling him to get out of the stadium. Just because, you know, your reputation precedes you when it comes to me, Mr. Tindall. Get out of here. Um... <laughs> All the players that were coming off then, you know, from some substitutions. Tyndall's the one there first to shake their hand and hug them before they get to go to Eddie Howe. It's, it's just a narc. Yeah, but maybe this is just evidence of how he sound that Eddie Howe is, that he's just letting this lad be employed. He's letting this lad hang around the club, probably because he feels sorry for him, probably because no one else will have him. Like a fucking stray puppy that he's just found in the street and then brings him home and he realizes, ah, oh, fuck. That's why he was left. That's why he was abandoned. <laughs> the last last WhatsApp winch Paul tweeted us. He said, uh, "Matt Target exposing the lack of fitness regime at Aston Villa. You know, he looks lighter. He looks fitter at Newcastle, even though he's only playing a certain amount of minutes." But I have to agree with this. I do. Like, I am finding it unbelievable how how much football clubs can alter or differ in. Fitness, how can one manager come in and say, right, you can't eat red sauce? Like, why is it not a, where is the best practice? We're talking about the top of the biggest sport in the world. How is every top club not doing exactly the same thing when it comes to eating, when it comes to training, when it comes to fitness levels? Why are they not all exactly on a par? And now we just decide who's the best player and who's the best system (laughs) and best coach team and who has it in the fucking stones when they need it. like, why is that not all we're looking at? Why can somebody come in and get gains by getting teams fitter? And why the fuck is Matt Target carrying puppy fat his whole time at Aston Villa? And he was. <laughs> he was. I remember watching a game one time and my um, girlfriend said to me, you look you, you look fitter than him. And I looked, it was Matt Target. I was like, that doesn't fucking say anything. Look, look at his stadium. <laughs> you know? He think he pulled up his shirt and there's just no definition. Don't like that at all. And you know, he obviously got a bit of definition there playing in Newcastle because somebody's gotten them fit. Yeah, it, it, it's strange. I remember during the summer there when they were showing Conte's uh, fitness regimes and he's like, he's going to get these players fitter than they've ever been. It's going to be great for Ireland because Troy Parrott's, you know, top of the fitness list for Spurs. And I was like thinking, <laughs> how, can, how could the Spurs players get fitter? How yeah. can that be possible? There's some, they're, they're 
most of them are paid well over a million quid a year to be athletes. How can they not be fit? How could they not be at their peak physical condition? It's absolutely mad. And maybe, yeah, there's different ways different teams play, so they need different types of fitness. But Jesus Christ, the fact that Matt, Matt Target's able to shed pounds while starting every game from Villa as well, the fact that he had pounds to fucking lose is absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. I, I, I don't know how it happens. You're right. At the top of the sport, how has it not all just got to the stage where everybody's the same and anybody who doesn't have it just gets relegated? It's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a long WhatsApp win just this week. Um, yeah, we, we ditched them last week for one week only. We're, <laughs> we're back of a buying. We've got some awards to hand out after this. I, I burst onto the scene, didn't I? And I was gonna be the next best thing. Oh, who who was it? Said there was an interview somebody recently, and they said that he's always positive. It was Mika Richards. Hold on, I played for England at 18. Youngest ever defender to play for England. It was Mika Richards. He was talking on Sky Sports, and he said he's always positive. Sometimes you wish he wasn't as positive. Like he almost he said he was too nice. Right. What do you think, Lord? I think Mika Richards should shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck has Mika Richards ever done for Aston Villa? <laughs> Dean, Dean Smith got Aston Villa promoted from 14th in the championship. Mika Richards was just there collecting 40 grand a week while that was all happening. (laughs) He's just brilliant. He's just top. What a guy to work with you are, honestly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, this is a tough one to start the Ronnie Rosenthal award with, but... I do feel like we have to broach the subject because I can't get away from the feeling that Emmy Martin is being concussed was all Emmy Martin is his fault. <laughs> um, Jolinton wandered inside Matt Cash. It's just, just wandered. Like we're talking about Almiron coming inside Ashley Young. Jolinton, Jolinton comes from the left hand side, uh, knocks it in, has it, has a shot. Martinez has to stop parrying the ball. Like, what is happening? Like, that that shot's not going anywhere near the bottom corner. And Martinez parries it. That's when Tyrone Mings comes flying in and knees him in the head. Yeah, and the, th- the thing that we used to, or that we 
absolutely heap praise on Martinez for whenever he first joined was his hands, how soft yeah. his hands were and how much everything stuck to it. And like, you know, I've tried to point it out to other people. He still has it from crosses. He's punching a bit more than he used to actually, but he still mostly has it from crosses. But his catching the ball from diving saves was the thing that really demarcated him and the other shitbags that were knocking around the Premier League because there's a lot of bad goalkeepers in the Premier League. But he is spilling things a lot more regularly. And look, it's really fucking unfortunate that Tyrone Mings run straight into him after that, but hold the ball. Yeah. Um, there were loads of Newcastle nominations, and I actually stopped writing them down because I really wasn't enjoying this match at all. Uh, there was just a feeling, like you you asked what what is nothingness. It, 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 it's hard to get away from that, from that question. <laughs> <laughs> Questions we can't answer. What is nothingness? <laughs> Really, like, it was just like, what is the point of this match? This is so fucking hard to watch, like, and it's all so pointless. I can't even complain. I can't ask for a new manager. Every everything has been it's in train. Like, so we'll have to just wait. Have to just be patient, and I can't be patient watching this. But so the only other Newcastle one I took down was Wilson off the crossbar. Should have scored. Should have been his hat trick. The geez, the American commentators would have creamed themselves about that because by God, they were loving Callum Wilson trying to get a hat-trick and, and Saudi Arabia in general. But that Young was just breezed by for that one. Mings just folded beneath Callum Wilson. Like, Mings needs to be bullying Callum Wilson there. But um, hit the crossbar. I don't know. Do you want to talk about that one before I give the three Villa nominations? No, I want to talk about the fucking commentators that you just brought up there. But, you know, that was <laughs> so, so mad. It was really, really strange behaviour. Like, they, they were acting like they were part of a special envoy under the fucking foreign secretary and given the brief <laughs> of energy security in advance of the winter. It was, it was, probably, it was almost like they were, they were fucking hostages telling us how much... How well they were being treated, how delicious the food was. <laughs> the food is good here. <laughs> Are we absolutely sure they were alone in that country? It was incredible stuff. I mean, this this isn't Leicester 2016. This isn't Wimbledon 1988. Yeah. Like they were almost giddy. Can you believe this? Can you imagine how good this is now for Newcastle? This is incredible what's happening out there. It was bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe another team is hammering Aston Villa? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. alright the three Villa chances uh, all in the first half all when we were playing decent stuff so we, in fairness to Aaron Dinks you know we've, we've hounded him out now of his job he's lost his managerial job hopefully he stays around as a coach obviously he's a good coach um, you know but the game could have looked so much different if they had gotten this goal um, the first one fuck me we talked about Emmy Buendia Leon Bailey just waltzes by Shar. it's a good run he stumbled over twice and he carries on he gets back up on his feet and he puts it on a plate for Emmy Wendia, who wants a touch because he always wants a touch. And Jesus, Dan Byrne just loves it when a player wants a touch. And he comes in, comes in and clatters everybody. Um, Emmy Wendia, what are you doing? Just put that away. Like, Bailey, that could have been Bailey in the groove again, you know, and like, maybe I'm more, got more of a vested interest because I've got him in my fantasy football team now after last week. But should have been an assist. It should have been him then feeling good and trying to hit, hit Newcastle on the break. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible from Bailey. The drive, control, confidence, and then the composure as well to, to pick out Buendia. It gets brilliant winger play. The, the run is brilliant, and unfortunately Buendia gets the fucking runs as the ball is coming towards him. I have absolutely no idea why footballers do that. Open your foot and have a shot. Yeah. Like, you don't have enough space to take a touch, so don't take a touch. And the touch is as difficult as the shot, so have a fucking shot. Yeah. 
The touch actually brought the ball behind him then. Like, you know, he was trying to scoop it out from behind his body. The, the other two nominations, I don't even know what happened in this move. It came from the right-hand side. Watkins, air shot. Watkins was set up anyway inside the box. He tries to hit it without taking a touch. Maybe he should have taken a touch. <laughs> Missed the ball completely. And then Danny Ings coming down the right. He's slow anyway. Like He's slow getting moving. He's, he's played through. He's like, oh, fuck. And like, you know, by the time he gets his afterburners, I don't want to say pumping, but working. <laughs> it, uh, he's not through anymore. The Newcastle players are back, but but he still he still has the the pass. Like the pass is still on to Watkins, who's coming in from the left. And I mean, what would Leon Bailey do? He would play that first time into Watkins, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't get his head up. Like we, we we often see when Ings is running with the ball. He, Ings is creative. He's tricky. He can produce something first time, but when he's running with the ball, he fucking hunches over that ball like the. The hunchback in Notre Dame, like he's he's, he's part, like his torso is parallel with the ground, and um, I, I don't even know what he did. He, he didn't. I don't even know what he did in the end. He, like he didn't pass it anyway. That's all I remember. But, but it was Watkins. It was Watkins inside. So maybe that's why he didn't pass it. Yeah, that's how grim our performance was. That we're nominating for the Rosenthal Award. Something you don't even remember how it ended. <laughs> there was a pass that was on one time. That <laughs> to be nominated. The, the Watkins air shot, it actually st- it starts from Dougie forcing the issue and he sends Cash away, who didn't look like he was expecting the ball to go in fucking in front of him. And then Cash hits it across the box, which is what he does in those positions. And then Watkins misses a sitter, which is what he does in those positions. <laughs> but back on the Ings one as well, there are a lot of fucking slow players in this Aston Villa squad. We never seem to have any zest, any zip whenever we're going forward. Apart from Jacob Ramsey and Matt Cash 12 months ago, it just doesn't seem to be there. Even Leon Bailey, he gets going maybe twice in a game and then the rest of the time he's slow, he's on the ball, he's cutting inside. We just never seem to have enough drive and flyers. We just, it just it never seems to be on. You think about that Newcastle team yesterday, we're pouring forward. The amount of runners from deep going at pace and just running through the gaps that were in our back line. It just never seems to happen with Aston Villa. It's all so slow and methodical. And even when a player is set three, they just they get caught back up with. And we're talking about players, we're talking about Matt Target shedding a few pounds. I think that's the thing that Unai Emery has to focus on. It's getting those lads fucking quads pumping over the next couple of weeks and getting a bit of pace back into the team. Yeah. From an Aston Villa point of view, Emmy Buendia, the winner here? Oh, I think the, the Watkins air shot is so stark. He's in the middle of the box. He's a centre forward and he just misses the fucking ball. All right. I'll accept. I'll accept that one. The the Peter Enkelman what the fuck award. I really don't want this to be innocuous. I don't want people to have missed this. Philip Coutinho <laughs> plays the ball back to Watkins. Watkins got at him, and he can see he can see Watkins is down. He's now tangled in legs. He's he's, he's tied up with a player after working hard to get Coutinho the ball. And Coutinho plays it ten yards in front of him. Now Watkins is facing the Villa half because he's just tried to scrap the ball out for Coutinho. And Coutinho plays it back for Watkins, who's trying to get out of somebody else's leg. He can see it. He's looking at him. He has time. There's nobody around him. And he he kicked the ball away. Fucking insane. Yeah, the worst the worst thing about it is, you're right, he's fucking looking at Ollie Watkins. He knows the pass is not on. He even thinks about it. It almost looks like he moves his right leg then stops because he knows it's not on. And yeah. then he fucking does it anyway. Like, yeah. Al Ali aren't going to be fucking signing him with that sort of move. He wants to fucking <laughs> buck up his ideas. <laughs> Um, continue being pushed over by Trippier was one as well. It's a what the fuck moment. Um, the John McGinn being nutmegged. 
that has to come in. I don't remember jumping in much, but I remember him just being nutmeg down the left flank. Yeah, that was that was particularly bad as well. John McGinn getting lobbed by Coutinho has to be nominated as well. Like <laughs> Felipe Coutinho gets on the ball, and the pass is so fucking shit. And why is he dinking that ball? Yeah. And he just dinks it straight over John McGinn's head. And why is John McGinn? Le- How does John McGinn not know where the centre forward is? John McGinn has come on to midfield. Like it's a bad pass. It's Coutinho who's nominated here, but John McGinn is about to receive the ball. He thinks from his other midfielder, used to be midfielder, and. He just lets the ball go behind him because he doesn't know where a centre-forward is. John McGinn picking the ball up in that position has to have scanned the pitch. Otherwise, what the fuck is he doing when he gets the ball at his feet? How does he not know where Watkins is going to be? It's fucking pathetic. A centre-midfielder needs to know where everybody in his team is because he's going to be picking the ball up in a tight area and he wants to be trying to kill the opposition as well. So know where your fucking killers are. Yeah. There was another moment where Watkins was running a little inside the left wing. He was running forward. I, I, don't, I don't know what Danny Ings' run was supposed to be. Right. Ings just started charging towards the Newcastle centre has, pointing over the top of him. And he's about 10 metres away from Watkins. So that was a weird run as it was. Like that, that could be nominated. But also then Watkins just slid the ball to the left to nobody. It was like, it was like a continue pass. <laughs> He just slid it to the left. So there were two centre halves, and Ming or Ing started running, trying to get around to the right of both of them. Mm. And then Watkins just played it to the left of both of them. It was just strange. Carry on. I, I actually it, think this was. I actually think this was worse than continuous because because Watkins isn't a complete cunt, and yeah. he is watching Ings run to the right. And it's not like it's not like Ings is running forward and slightly to the right. He's running to the right. He's running towards the D. He's changed his run completely, and Watkins looks at him. And he just does the exact same thing as Coutinho. He just plays it to the left because that's where he wanted to play the ball. It was fucking mad. Yeah, like, like that's where it, that definitely where Ing should have run. Ing's run was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he hasn't run there, so you can't just play it. The same with Coutinho. I would, I know you would love Watkins to not be tangled on the ground with a player. You would love him to be back up running that way. But he's not. He's not there. He's on the ground. Uh, the only other nomination I have, and I know. I know I was blaming Emmy Martinez for his own concussion. Didn't really mean that, but um, should Tyro Mings be nominated for concussing his own goalkeeper? <laughs> I know, because, because the drop is so bad, Tyrone, imagine if Tyrone Mings doesn't react to that and run in. That would yeah, it would definitely be it would definitely be a, a what the fuck moment in itself. The fact that Emmy Martinez has to come is Emmy Martinez's fault. The fact that Tyrone Mings has to go is Emmy Martinez's fault. There is one other nomination that I can't believe you're forgetting. The kickoff? What? No, the fuck no, was no! It? I have to kick. <laughs> I have to kick off. This is how fucking sad this game was. I have to kick off for the Tim Sherwood. We played two number tens and <laughs> and all, all, all. The only positive tactical thing I could see was the first two seconds, and and that positive tactical thing was Leon Bailey running into Newcastle players and losing the ball. <laughs> but, but I have, I have two words here. But invention! Exclamation mark! <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, Danks loves us. Like you know, first time I've seen two players stand in a center circle in a long time. Dougie Louise plays it forward. I know he's played. You don't have to play it forward anymore. Dougie Louise plays it forward, and Benny runs. He drives at them, and it was all pointless. He just drove straight into them. But I was like, "Fucking here we go! Here comes Danks ball again." <laughs> if I had. 
the following day, having watched that match, if I was doing a podcast and I had written down kickoff and then underneath it, but invention exclamation mark, I wouldn't have remembered what the kickoff was because it's so far from fucking invention. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I could, you could see, you could see Dougie whispering to McPhee before kickoff as well, and I was thinking, what's this? Like, what nonsense are these two fucking morons conjuring up now? <laughs> and, now, and now we know what it was. It was like you could see Dougie whispering, "I have an idea." Oh Christ! I'll pretend to play it to Leander, but then I'll back heal, heal it, and Leon, Leon will dribble past their eleven players. <laughs> what? <laughs> Leon, Leon will dribble past the best eleven defenders in the league. Yeah, but the, the, the worst thing is about it. Austin McPhee must have said, "Yeah, go for it. Just make sure you score a corner later on." Good boy. <laughs> I think I got excited as well because I talked about this before. Like, why are why why aren't we doing more from centers? Like, why isn't anybody doing it really? Like, where is the invention from kickoffs? Um, it's just like we're always just rolling it back to Mings, kicks it forward, and we're trying to get a throw in. Like, that's the that's the best that we've been able to come up with so far. So I was like, <laughs> I was actually like, why not, Bailey? Why not take them all on? And he couldn't take on the first player. Why not? What do you mean? Why not try to run past six mm. players? But this is this is the other thing as well. Yeah, why don't people try more things and we're rolling the ball? But we know why people aren't trying more things is because that is the absolute worst time to try something because there's so many players there. So you have to do something to suck them in. You have to look confused in your own center circle or something and try to open up space, try to get people pouring in there so that there is space. You know how to score a goal in football, Colin. You have to exploit space. And whenever there's 11 players in their own half, there's very fucking little space and there's very little chance that somebody with a very patchy record of dribbling with the ball is going to dribble past 11 players. So you want to take that out as a Tim Sherwood? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be more realistic. The, you like Ben Whedon taking a 90-minute penalty award. Um, how long was he taking for the Buendia sub? And I, th- I think we both had the same thoughts. Like, how long was he taking for the Ashley Young sub? And then the Ashley Young sub never came. Ashley Young. Poor Ashley Young needed to be Jesus, put down to rest. Like, just, just let, <laughs> let this boy sit back in his stables now for a few weeks. He's been worked hard enough. Should have been. He should have been taken off at halftime. I mean, that, like, I actually, I would have fallen victim of the thing I hate. You know, I'm always saying, we, we, you were just waiting for halftime for no reason to change it. I think at that stage, I was like, oh, let's take Ashley Young off at halftime mm. rather than just intervening and taking him off there and then. I, I, I would have kept Ashley Young on and he would have given away that penalty. But they should have taken him off at half time and they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I mentioned there a second ago, and just more, even more recently, talking about space. I mean, the off the ball straight line runnings and exploitation of the space behind our back four was absolute ruthless from Saudi Arabia, particularly, particularly the space behind Young. And Young has been a fullback now for seven years, but he couldn't have looked more out of place. And if and if his performance wasn't making me feel bad, I would have felt sorry for him. But I had just no emotional space left for Ashley Young. <laughs> like maybe maybe if I was in the back four alongside him, it would have made me feel better about myself. I mean, this is shit. I'm all over the place. But look at the fucking state of this guy. <laughs> it, it, it was you, wasn't it? It was on... You, yeah, it was, yeah. Because you were coming back from the Euros and the, the engine among the wings of the plane you were in caught fire. And obviously... Yeah. You and everybody else would be shitting yourself, but the stranger next to you started having a panic attack. So you just had to reassure him. And that that took you out of your own head. I mean, 
I think that was that was actually that was the same flight where the where the air steward ran to the front of the plane in a panic to tell everyone the engine yeah. had exploded and he didn't know what we were gonna do. Like that's that's more in line with how I was feeling yesterday. It's a feeling of helplessness and cursing the aeronautical engineer at left back and was bringing me plummeting back down to earth after the week before. <laughs> yeah, the the air steward just said, oh, "There's a bit of a problem." And I, <laughs> <laughs> And thankfully, there was a, a woman there, sure, who eventually took the mic off him and just uh, told everybody exactly what was happening. Here's what's here's what the contingency plan is. Now it's absolutely fine. Like, can I can I hear more from her, please? Like, you know, get, sub that boy off. Get him off the, the get him off this fucking floor. He's, he's terrifying everybody. Like I see him, and yeah, like Saudi Arabia, they were going down the right, going after I see him, and then they immediately just started getting a lot of joy down the left when Villa bizarrely moved I see him over to the right hand side then as well. Like. It could probably take us into the Vyman meter because you know I'm I'm, I'm leaving Young like let's let's you know Ashley Young doesn't deserve to be going down in Vyman territory here given what he's given over the last number of weeks but um Matt Cash Matt like Matt Cash they'd, they'd rather put Ashley Young given what he's been through the last few weeks <laughs> they'd, they'd rather put him over to the right now and like given what he'd been through in that game like a fucking disaster. He, Shown that he's planted himself like a tree on the left hand side, he's lifting him out and planting him over on the right. Instead, <laughs> instead of playing, instead of playing Matt Cash, they'd rather take a tree, rip it out of its roots, and just hope it stands on the right hand side now. You know, with no no roots planted down. And Matt Cash, our Player of the Year last year, I mean, Jesus, he's off the boil a bit, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about where his head's at now as well. He was dropped dropped for Jan Bednarak, and now he's been fucking taken out. Ashley Young couldn't have been. Ashley Young was the worst player on the pitch, and he stayed in the pitch ahead of Matt Cash. That's how much faith the that Aaron Danks seemed to have in him yesterday. But whenever, whenever Young, whenever I realised, whenever Dina came on, I just assumed it was Young, and I was like, "Well, it's a bit fucking late now. He's just conceded the fourth goal, and it's completely his fault." Much mm-hmm. like whenever Buendia was taken off immediately after, he just was at fault for us conceding the second goal or the third goal, as it was. And then I saw Ashley Young at right back. I was like, what the fuck has he managed to stay on? But then immediately I was just like, oh, yeah, what? I'm taking off Matt Cash as well. That's perfect. He needed to come off as well. That's how bad he was. I would really love to get to a Vyman meter someday where it's not like, oh, everybody could go down. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, it, it really is. Everybody's going up, everybody's going down. It's it's really like what happens with Villa. <laughs> like, Beyond even Steven Gerrard, like it's just it's always good or always shit. And like Watkins is, yeah, Watkins has to go down. This is the thing. I, I was actually thinking we put Watkins up before he. Oh, there was a touches, but he's another what the fuck moment. Uh, Matt Cash played the ball to Watkins. Matt Cash was in field and he whipped it out to the right, and Watkins missed the control. It went it went out of play for a sideline. He just couldn't. We're three 0 down at that stage. That's not what I want to see. Three 0 down. Watkins not being able to. Touched the ball in front of him, and <laughs> there was one stage where, like, when again, when it was, it looked good for the first twenty minutes. Nick Pope tried to get a counter attack on. He, he rolled the ball out. Somebody was sprinting down the left, and Watkins, Watkins just whizzed by them. And before they even got on the ball, Watkins collected. So he collected Nick Pope's throw for a counter attack, and I was like, ah, oh, that's that's the beauty of Watkins. And but Jesus, if that was the beauty, like we saw the worst of him as well. He missed like an air shot. And not being able to control the ball and letting it go out of play. Yeah, that that was great that he managed to just intercept that and he could read it as well. And he was willing to get back into position on the right wing because um because he could see the fullback was away. But 
I think that that throw out from Pope was so bad that it was Matt Cash's ball. And I think that gets to the root of the problem of Ollie Watkins too much. It's too much work. You stay in and around the, the forward line. We need you up there far more often. We need you stop. You don't need to fucking be putting in that amount of effort and that much, that much work and getting fucking weight into your legs later on. So whenever you swing at the ball, you fucking miss it. Let Matt Cash collect that ball. Have a look around. Let other people do some work every once in a while. Yeah. Going down and the winner of the... I say Westwood. Oh, he was playing award. Uh, Leander the Dunker. I mean, you played one good game, Leander, and we were very thankful of it. We were nicknaming you the Gadget Man. Where were the fucking gadgets to the, like when we needed this? We needed a lot of fires put out. We needed our big Belgian defensive midfielder. I don't know where he was. Yeah, he was. It was hard to even remember the commentator saying their name. I know their, a lot of their time was taken up saying Callum Wilson's going to get a hat trick, but it's 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 hard to it's hard to believe how little of an impact he had in the game, either on the ball or defensively. I mean, like I said, Newcastle were ruthless and pouring through us, and they were under very clear instructions to get after the middle of the pitch and just go running in straight lines. And you would think or hope that that would have pissed off Leander Dunker every once in a while and he would have smashed into somebody or he would have just been in the general vicinity of the ball. But he just wasn't there. It was mad. This might surprise you, but I'm going to make the case for one player going up. The only player I can think of that should be going up. Douglas Louise. <laughs> um, he absolutely nailed Joe Willock in the corner. Like Brilliant. Just read the, the play well. Brilliant tackle, he came out strong with the tackle, and the, it was a decent Newcastle move as well, and then he had a little drag back, you know, Joe Willock was trying to get it back, and he dragged it back and played it back into Konza of his left foot. Bit of filth as well in the middle of the pitch, where he lets the ball sort of go under his leg, and back heels it out to the left wing. It's just, There was just some nice moments from Douglas Ruiz, I don't remember him being particularly annoying, like, great invention from the centre circle at the start of the game to set off the <laughs> A lot of good stuff going on for Dougie. Yeah, he nearly had an assist the first fucking two seconds of the game. <laughs> key, key pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, Douglas Louise, particularly in the first 20 minutes when it wasn't an absolute shit show, Douglas Louise showed what what a tasty player he is and how good a midfielder he can be when given a bit more protection in and around him. And I have no doubt that Douglas Louise will be brilliant under Unai Emery as well. Yeah. Speaking of Unai Emery, someone called Unai, I assume they changed their name in the last week on Twitter, <laughs> Unai AVFC, I think, uh, tweeted us to say, on the bright side, our goal difference in the last two games is zero. <laughs> 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 I suppose that's good as well. It's a job well done for Aaron Dinks. Our points total as well is zero. We haven't haven't lost anything under Aaron Dinks, and we had one good day out that we all got a bit of buzz about, and we could see the players aren't completely shit. So probably the best Unai Emery could hope for, really. Like, we haven't we haven't gained any ground, but we haven't lost any ground either. Yeah, that's that's definitely one way to look at it. And sure, look if if Danksy if Danksy stayed in the job, he's he's on course to get fifty seven points based on his uh, points per game ratio. You know, so this is this would be the best season we've had since we got back to the Premier League. I'd say give it Danksy to the end of the year. <laughs> All right, questions we can't answer, but probably will. Is Pep Guardiola trying to make a mug out of me now when I'm talking about he can wear whatever he wants to feel comfortable on the sideline? 
They're getting worse. I don't know if you saw the hoodie he was wearing the other day. And the I probably hoodie. did, Conan. I probably did, but I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really take it in. <laughs> this this might surprise you. I didn't I didn't see it and think, hmm, I better take note of what Pep Guardiola is wearing just in case tomorrow on the football podcast that I'm speaking on, Conan wants to talk about the fashion choices of a plonker. <laughs> Yeah, like he did. It looks a bit mad, doesn't it? it just like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second question we can't answer, but probably will. How many? How many of Joey Barton's notes actually go into these players' heads before games? <laughs> I don't know if anybody has noticed this, but Joey Barton tweeted a flip chart from uh, their last game. I think they were at Sheffield Wednesday, and. Uh, I saw I saw a tweet going going out with it, and it was like you know interesting to see these sorts of things. You know, generally kept behind closed doors. And fuck me, if you click into it, the amount of notes. I mean, Mikel Arteta was on this one. He draws he draws a little light bulb for players. That's it. He draws a little heart. He draws a fan. You know, he makes it very simple for them. <laughs> Yoey Burton has written every single thing he could think of or remember that he was told in his career on this flip chart for a Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday match. <laughs> So, so let's just go through it. Just, Sorry, on, on the one page. On the one, he's running out of space on the page. Like it's he, a he's actually chart. Why did he use a flip chart? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so maybe there was more on the other page. <laughs> but on this page, he's running out of space. He's had to use different colors to try and break it up. Um, he's, he's, he's boxing off things now. You know, when you start running out of page in your notepad, instead of just going to a new page because you're like, no, well, this is note for this specific thing. I'll keep it on this page. You start drawing lines to make fucking room for things or to, or to divide them. Uh, starts off three points available. That's 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 fair enough. That's a, that's the headline it seems to be. Um, and then on the right of that, I can I can imagine it because this is very small right now. I can imagine this was, you know, as he was speaking, he thought this was gold. It says a collective bed of discipline, eleven to eighteen men. And then this one's tiny and it's boxed off in red. No reaction. Expect mind games. Okay, that, that, that that's fair enough. I don't mind that one. Um, on the left-hand side... From Joey Barton. So you don't mind that from Joey Barton? <laughs> on the left-hand side, decide to be victorious. <laughs> Sounds like a sort of thing we say. Just, just, fucking, just go out and be better. Like what? <laughs> Or sorry, the sort of thing Stephen Gerrard would say. Just you know, just just want just want it more. Big start underlined. Um get I love this one. Get and keep momentum. What ha- what happens there when, when teams don't get get momentum to keep it? I, we used to have a, a flip chart and it said we absolutely must get into the lead to start with. <laughs> what happens when we don't get into the lead? What's the next plan? It's not gonna happen sometimes. Win opening gambit, first five mins, next five mins, and so on. <laughs> Jeez, there's fucking look. This is all on the one page. Show you'll like this one. Show football courage. And then he, he sort of brings out from that one. Uh, it's an hour circle, just right underneath. Be brave. <laughs> like the that, word courage just sparks something in them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, turn them early, he says. Yeah, good. And Sorry, then, does he not? Does he not have any any advice for how to turn them early for how to get momentum? 
Like, get momentum and keep it. How are we getting momentum, Joey? This is your job. Well, we asked that. Well, here you go, Joey. Force them to turn around and dominate. <laughs> Win battle, exclamation mark. Uh, here's one. Here's a good one. This is, this is a Jared one. Play in their half. <laughs> just, just play in their half. Um, pin them in. They're not welcome in our territory. Do you know what? I, like that. That one's written tiny. I would have put that big. That, that's I a fucking nice... as soon as you read that out, I knew you'd fucking love that. <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it there. Uh, yeah, not welcome in our territory. Um, this seems to be a formation, or he's just written in the middle of the page. Two, three. <laughs> Two, three, five, one, three, six. Just like he's free, he's freestyling. <laughs> like it, it doesn't say which one they play. He just wrote it. two, three, five, one, three, six, etc. Um, squeeze space, yeah. Contain the transition. Lock them in their half. Fucking hell! This is the same stuff over and over. Uh, attacks the best form of defense. Yeah, got that. Are these all the same color though? Are, are, this is all. This is all coded, is it? This is oh no! This is green, purple, blue over oh. here. He's got orange now over here. It says you're unique. <laughs> and that sparked off someone that's put an R circle a one off a one off dot 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 <laughs> okay here we go positive action forward passes forward runs runs into the box recovery sprints um, and then he sort of branched off on that he's got tackling talking encouraging inspiring inspiring <laughs> Phil Melville wrote this uplifting Psychological effects, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, underneath you're unique, a one off, a true superstar. <laughs> is, he, is he writing down the words to you're a superstar? <laughs> don't you be afraid? Don't you be afraid? No, don't <laughs> Goal mouth action, crosses, shots, give and goes, regains. Yeah. Uh, Loads in theirs, none in ours. <laughs> it is starting to get the same message. Now, I don't know why he just didn't write this in big, massive writing across the page. <laughs> okay, the writing's getting smaller now down the bottom. Um, sh- what the fuck? Show the world tonight. <laughs> it's like a Mickey G. Hart song. Oh, Joey Barton. One in, all in. Stick together. Hard and smart work. Sorry, we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, this is mental. Like the, the, a bit on the left. I, I really hope there isn't a fucking second page. I'm really regretting the fact that this is a flip chart now. I'm really hoping you're not going to fucking whip out the second page for me now in a second. <laughs> Cage door closed. Eighteen v eighteen. Ah, he's bringing in the subs. Oh, he did that earlier. Though he said eleven to eighteen yeah. men. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's inclusive. And then he says their fans can't help. Don't mind that. And then, oh my god, this is just brilliant. Enjoy. <laughs> he's obviously so, following. He's obviously following Paul McGrath on Twitter. <laughs> so I don't know, like some some good stuff, some pointless stuff, some stuff that's all the same. Definitely um, a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff. What's he doing? Like, what, what, he's been a player. He knows what he takes in before a match. He knows he's going to remember one or two things. He knows how important training is during the week. Like how, like Jesus, like talk about a control freak. He had to get all this down. He kept going, and did he write all this in the changing room while he's giving a talk, or did he write it beforehand? <laughs> did he write it beforehand, thinking, okay, they'll they'll fucking read this now. It's mad. Yeah, 
It's quite quite literally taking the approach that if you throw enough shit and shit being the operative word here at the wall, some of it will fucking stick. And <laughs> my god, like that is that is an absolute mountain of shit he's just launched. And but let, let's be honest, most footballers probably have a similar IQ as a fucking cavity wall, so it mightn't be the worst approach to just throw a load of shit at it. But if I was one of the players, and don't get me wrong, I agree with you. Like this, this is absolutely bonkers. But if I was, if I was one of the players and I saw this, I'd be delighted to have it written down because what's the fucking alternative? Listening to him say it, like <laughs> watching him stand in front of you and say, "You're unique, yeah, a, a one-off. Like you, you are a superstar, <laughs> a true superstar." <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just fucking stopped short of pumping Tina Turner simply the best into the change room. And nobody wants to be managed by fucking David Brent. And that's probably why Leicester are at the foot of the table at the minute. But imagine imagine having to listen to that and keep a straight face. And you would fucking absolutely have to keep a straight face because as well as being apparently stomach-crampingly fucking cringy, he's also a psychopath. So there's no way you'd be allowed to... You'd be have you'd allow yourself to fucking even smirk during this because he is taking this deadly seriously as well, and you're yeah. fucking dead if you're not. Yeah, that was good. Anyway, thanks for that. Jerry. We'll have to keep an eye out for more of this. Uh, more well. of this gold. Yeah, <laughs> more of this. Well, I'll give you a choice. We can either talk about Pep Guardiola. <laughs> we can talk about my fantasy team, or we can talk about this. Jesus, and I don't want to offend you here, Conan, but fucking. Get on the second page of that flip chart. <laughs> uh, we bounce on. Thankfully, that's over. That was that. Like, that was a tough game, anyway. But it was. Oh, yeah, sorry, it was... I, I thought I thought you were talking about going through Joey Burton's uh, team talk there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks if you made it through this podcast. <laughs> made it to the bottom of this flip chart. Um, yeah, tough match to just sit through because it didn't really matter we're all just sitting in purgatory waiting for you know i am ready to come and he's, he's in he's in on tuesday um so we'll, we'll see him get to work and we've got manchester united next sunday so we'll be dropping the podcast on sunday um and i'm looking forward to united's first game and looking forward to getting our teeth into what he's bringing i know what he will be bringing for sure and that is the attitude of them not being welcome in our territory <laughs> <laughs> Say the last word for Joey Burton. And remember, you two are unique. You two are one-off. You two are a true superstar. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> See you on Sunday. <laughs>